0: Thank you for tuning in to the Royals in Action broadcast today. Your participation means a lot to us. The essence of this program is to educate you on how to apply the Word of God practically to bring about positive outcomes in your daily situations. And joining us for this insightful journey is R.K. Achina. God bless you. Let's go together to the book of Haggai so that we may listen to the Lord's message for the church today amen before we start examining the first chapter of Haggai i want to provide some context to ensure we have a better comprehension of what we will be studying you see in 538 bc after the jewish exiles had returned from Babylon to Jerusalem, they began trying to rebuild the temple. But soon, they gave up their efforts. It was Zerubbabel and Joshua who had organized the laying of the temple foundations. But the work has been at a standstill for 16 years. So through Haggai's prophetic ministry, he then rebuked them for living in homes with beautiful wooden walls while the temple of the Lord remained in ruins. He called them to repent and renew their covenant with God and eventually in 516 BC, they achieved their goal and completed the temple. So, having this in mind, let's read from verse number 2 through 8. Haggai 1, verse 2 to 8. And I read Thus speaks the Lord of hosts, saying, This people say, The time has not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Then the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet. Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in paneled houses, and this temple to lie in ruins? Now therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much, and bring in little. You eat, but do not have enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You cloth yourselves. But no one is wrong. And he who earns wages earns wages to put into a bag with hose. Thus says the Lord of hosts: consider your ways. Go up to the mountains and bring wood and build a temple, that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified, says the Lord. Amen. My intent today is to cover the subject unlocking the abundance life. Unlocking the abundance life. You can't talk about unlocking the abundance life without addressing abundance. In Greek, the word abundance can have many meanings, but the one we'll focus on is the Greek word now this word was translated in 2nd Corinthians chapter 9, verse number 8, as abound. God is able to make all grace abound. <laughs> you see? So what you might not know about this word, is that it has a six-fold meaning. First, it means to be extremely rich, not just spiritually, but also materially. The word also means to supply plentifully, not by God, but by you. To supply plentifully by you. It also means to have more than enough. More than enough. It means excessive as well. (laughs) Another meaning is to cause to be intense. (laughs) And lastly, it also means to have a greater advantage. So all in one word. Amen. And interestingly, when Paul said God is able to make all grace abound to you, that word abound encompassed every single one of these meanings. Amen. Amen. And that's what abundant life is all about. God wants you to abound in all things because He Himself is the all sufficient God. God abound in all things and wants us to also abound in all things amen now the Bible says God created man in his image and likeness and likeness means just like God So you can see that it was his will. It was his will for Adam to remain in abundance, just like God. Are we catching this? And the garden in which he planted man was called Eden. And that garden had everything imaginable. The garden had gold, silver, food, livestock. You name it. It even had the tree of everlasting life in it. So don't let anyone fool you by saying abundance is not for you. It went away with apostles. That's ridiculous. We are the descendants of Abraham, and as heirs, We share in the blessings that he received, right? And if you're not aware, Abraham was a man who received and lived the abundant life. Genesis 13 verse 2 says he was very rich in livestock. He was very rich in silver. He was very rich in gold. In the book of Psalms 35 verse 27 David says God has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant so abundance it's something that is for the Christian believer amen but you might reasonably ask if God desires me to be extremely rich, why am I still struggling financially? That's a good question. And that's exactly what this sermon is all about. It's about uncovering the blessings of the abundance life. (laughs) And by the end of today's service, I'm confident that you have the tools necessary to access The abundance that God has in store for you. So the probable cause of not having access to God's abundance in your life is because we receive and live in the abundant life by faith. Amen? Galatians 5 verse 6 tells us that faith works by love. Which means love actually fuels the abundance life. <laughs> because you need love to power up faith, right? And faith is what helps you receive and live the abundance life. Make sense? Yes, faith comes by hearing. I understand that. But without love, it is merely noise, <laughs> not genuine faith. And tell you what, the opposite of love is not hatred. <laughs> the opposite of love is selfishness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Think about it, let it sink in. I said, the opposite of love is not hatred. The opposite of love is selfishness. Selfishness is what opposes love, not hatred. (laughs) Well, to help explain this, here's an example. Uh, There was this beautiful girl named Natasha. She had broken up with Mike, her boyfriend, because Well, she simply didn't feel any attraction anymore. So after a long year apart, she reached out to him with a written letter which said, Mike, I miss you bad. You've been on my mind all day long. You've been on my mind day and night, and I can't stand being apart from you any longer. Let's reconnect, okay? Oh, by the way, congratulations on winning the lottery. Hey, hey, man. So now tell me, would you say she hated him? Of course not. She didn't. Could you argue she loved him? No. She didn't love him either so then what you're right selfishness she was only concerned with her own needs and not those of his all about me and no one else That's selfishness that selfish gain putting self ahead of others driven by our own gain at the expense of others and that's exactly what some of us do when we pray to god that's exactly what we do when we worship Him with our thights and offering. The underlying motivation here is selfishness, not love. Some of you show up in prayer meetings only when your rent is almost due. It appears that the only time you dedicate hours to God in prayer is when you have been laid off or are in some sort of financial pinch. That's when you remember you have a God. That's when you remember you have a Bible. That's when you remember you belong to a church. Man, tell me that's not true. Some of you give tags and offering out of urgent need, you give because you need money to finance your wedding to complete your house project or purchase a car. So even though you are giving cheerfully, the underlying reason is your own personal gain and that's selfishness. A wise man once said, if your prayer is selfish, the answer will be something that will rebuke your selfishness. Amen. <laughs> isn't that true you may not recognize it as having come at all but it is sure to be there <laughs> amen so that should explain why you are not seeing abundance in your life It's because you're given and prayers are driven by selfishness It's all about what I'd get and not necessarily out of a devotion to God. Now notice what Haggai the prophet said in verse 4. Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses and this temple lie in ruins? The Israelites, having returned from Babylon through God's grace and leadership, Now try to push him to the back of their (laughs) minds. Have you ever been there? Where you make a promise to God in a difficult situation that, oh God, if you help me, I'll pray often, I'll spend quality time with you. God, I promise I'll give back to you through thanks and offerings. But as soon as you got what you wanted, you totally forgot all about it. (laughs) I'm pretty sure some of you have experienced the same situation and that's what happened here when the Jews were in exile they wept and called out to the Lord promising to build the temple once they were free promising things they had no intention of doing (laughs) Amen? amen so God was incredibly gracious in rescuing them from the Babylonians Yet when they returned, they were more concerned with their own affairs than rebuilding God's house. They were safe and comfortable in their own homes. While God's house remained in ruin. They didn't put God first. That's what I'm trying to say. They didn't put God first. And it seemed they had time for everything else except God. And I'm absolutely sure that this same mindset still exists today. Nowadays, it has become all too easy to put your own selfish desires ahead of the will of the Lord. Making up all sort of weak excuses for not doing what God wants you to do. You're perfectly okay with staying up for two soccer games without a peep. But if church goes just five minutes over, just five minutes over, you grumble like you just gotta take it from the police. Man, Lord have mercy. Sometimes you say, Well, I like to read my Bible, but I guess I have to get up so early for work. I get that. But instead of getting some much needed rest though, You just collapse on the couch and watch some Netflix. Lord have mercy. Oh, so the weather is too bad to attend church, right? But not too bad for a shopping spree. Lord have mercy. So similar to these Jewish people, we are putting ourselves ahead of God. Haggai warned them that neglecting to prioritize God would lead to a considerable loss. (laughs) In verse number 6 he said, you have so much and bring in little. (laughs) Some of you put in so much effort, so much effort studying, burning the midnight oil, pouring over your books. (laughs) but you don't get the grades you expect. What's going on? You guessed it. (laughs) You're putting in a lot, but not getting much in return. (laughs) Some of you all have been putting in a great deal of hard work, working overtime, and even taking on extra jobs on the weekends. You receive your paycheck, say, for... Two thousand five hundred dollars. However, that same month, your car breaks down multiple times. Your laptop won't turn on. Your kids got the flu. The TV needs fixing. Hey, the mortgage went up, and you lost your phone. Before you know it, <laughs> you're left with only two hundred bucks out of the original two thousand five hundred. What's going on here? I'm gonna tell you what's going on. You've sown so much. And it's bringing in a little. (laughs) I like what the last line says in verse 6. You earn wages to put in a bag of holes. (laughs) You earn wages to put in a bag of holes. That means the harder you work, the farther behind you get. (laughs) Amen. listen if you truly desire to maintain your wealth keep your possessions have enough to eat and drink and stay warmly clothed then do the right thing put god first when you put him first everything else will fall into place amen here's one secret key to unlocking the abundance life write it down one secret key to unlocking the abundance life change the purpose behind your giving change the purpose behind your giving don't give because you want God to do something for you that's where we miss the mark sometimes if you can replace your selfishness with love and shift your focus from trying to receive blessings to finding ways to extend the blessings to others the father himself will start working in your favor and open his abundance to you. Don't get me wrong, it is great to recognize that we receive blessings each time we give, but that shouldn't be the driving force behind it. Never use selfishness as motivation for anything because it never lasts. Being motivated by selfishness can lead to people taking actions that don't last for example going to the gym solely to look good for other people can be seen as an act of selfishness you might start off pumped up for a few days hey i'm gonna exercise but soon enough you find yourself back on the couch instead of working out do you know why that is because the motivation is wrong The right motivation always stems from love. If you hit the gym out of love for your spouse and kids to be an inspiring role model, that kind of motivation won't let you give up. Even on days when you don't feel like it's always going to keep you going. Amen. Amen. Beloved, we must never allow ourselves to be moved by selfishness when we give. Nanias and Sapphira as an example. They offered a huge financial gift to the church in Jerusalem. A great act of faith, a great act of generosity, when you think about it. However, the reward they reaped was not blessing, but death. For their motivation was not out of love for the Lord, but out of selfishness and pride. Let us not make the same mistake. Let us not let selfishness be our motivator when we give. The story shows us that money alone isn't enough. It's merely the outward shell of a seed. It's what we place inside that counts. Amen? Our financial seeds, when nurtured with love, come alive. Trust me. They activate the abandoned life. Of course, whenever we give, God blesses us in return. That, that, I understand that. And that allows us to continue to give. But that's not the reason we give. If our giving is driven by love, we will give and tie whether we ever get anything back. We will do it because we love people. We will do it out of our desire for them to hear the gospel. Amen. God richly bless you. Thank you for joining us in this enlightening journey today. Before we wrap up, subscribe to our podcast so you're kept in the loop about our next amazing episodes. To join our community or support our ministry, click the link in the description or visit royalsonaction.org. Until next time, Royals in Action is here to remind you to embrace your destiny as a chosen channel of God's royalty. God bless you.